Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 30, Handling Difficult People in Our Lives. Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mom of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to find more confidence, to feel less stress in your life, and to look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hi gang, how is everybody? You know, lately I've been noticing this trend um, among my clients where they're pretty frustrated with other people. And so I wanted to address this topic today and how we handle all the different situations with difficult people in our lives so that we can just be happier and not always be at the mercy of other people and what they're doing. I've heard from clients lately that they're bugged by their parents or their boyfriend or their girlfriend or they're bugged with their roommates or their coworkers or their siblings or their friends. And so I just thought it might be helpful today to work through this a little bit and help you figure out how we deal with people that sometimes rub us the wrong way or that we often choose to be offended by. And you probably noticed that I right there, I just said that we choose to be offended by them. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and elaborate that in a little more detail within the podcast. But always as becoming adults, it's, it's learning that we can't blame everyone else for how we feel or how we think or blame how we're feeling upon other people, or we can't blame, you know, things in our past. Becoming an adult really means that we start to realize that we're in control of our life and we have the power to choose and to think and to feel and to act the way that we want to. So that's what I'm going to talk about today and how that works in a relationship around us and how we can get to a place where what people do and what they say and how they treat us won't have as big of an effect on us as we sometimes allow it to. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that sometimes we're, we are going to feel hurt and we're going to feel bad and we are going to choose to be offended and that's okay, but I just want you to see that you have some power in all of this. So in my younger years, I feel like I did spend a lot of time blaming, blaming my past, blaming the way I was raised, blaming my friends, blaming you know, the way they treated me or guys treated me in high school and et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's really a powerless place to find yourself because then you're giving everybody else the power over your life and you're in a place where you're stuck and you can't find your way out. And when I finally became aware of this, that I was doing this and that I realized what it was causing me and that I was feeling pretty unhappy and powerless, that's when I decided I wanted to change that. And I wanted to learn on how to take the reins of my own life and not give up that power to anyone else. So in the world in which we live, we're constantly associating and connecting with people all the time. And you know what? People are kind of funny creatures. We are. And oftentimes we think we're the only ones that are normal and everyone around us is crazy. Am I right? But one of the hardest things 
that I think that we have to learn to do is to look at ourselves instead of looking out at everyone else and what they're doing and start looking to and owning up what we're doing and what we're contributing to the world, how we look at things. And sometimes it's really hard to do that because we don't want to admit to ourselves that we have flaws and weaknesses and that we sometimes are a hot mess. I'm admitting to all that sometimes I'm a hot mess. But here's the reality. All of us have wonderful things about us and all of us have some crazy and all of us are amazing and all of us sometimes are a complete hot mess. And I think there's value in just understanding that, that we can be wonderful human beings and have both positive and negative parts to us. And, you know, I, I tell my clients a lot that the way that you start to learn to love yourself is learning to embrace both sides of this part of you, these hot messes and these great parts of you and just embracing all of it and loving ourselves through the good and the bad and embracing the whole part of us. That's really, I think, where confidence and learning to love ourselves lies. So today specifically about this topic, I want you to think about expectations that you create around other people. Now, all of us do this. We have expectations for how we wish our parents maybe would have raised us or how they treat us now that we're young adults. We have expectations for our friends and how they should treat us and how they should behave. We have expectations about our roommates or our boyfriends or our girlfriends or our husbands or our wives or our coworkers. And it goes on and on and on through our life. And, you know, expectations in and of themselves are not bad and they're not wrong. You know, I have certain expectations, say, in my relationship with my husband or my children. And, you know, one of the things when I married my husband, I have this expectation that he's going to be faithful to me and I'm going to be faithful to him. Now, I can't necessarily control him, but that is my expectation in our marriage. And I think it's probably the same for him. And so I'll never forget... (laughs) Speaking of marriage, the story that I often tell my clients about this expectation that I had of my husband when we first got married. So in my home growing up, my mom usually would cook the dinner. And I mean, it wasn't every night, but she usually tried to cook dinner. And my dad, if he was home after dinner, he, he would get up and clean it up. And so I just thought that that's what husbands do, right? So I had this expectation that I didn't even realize I had when I first got married. So one of the first nights being married and we'd just gotten back for our honeymoon, I cooked him dinner and I was totally expecting that he would get up and clean up the mill, but he didn't. And he actually got up, went over to the couch, turned on the TV and started watching football. And you guys, I was so ticked. I was so mad. How dare he require me to fix him the dinner, which by the way, he didn't require it. It was just an expectation I had. And, and, you know, and so he gets up, I cook the dinner and he gets up and goes and watch football. And I am so mad. And I didn't see how this expectation was getting me in trouble. I just assumed he knew. And so after a while, I was kind of slamming cupboards around and kind of being frustrated. I think he could probably tell. And he obviously realized that I was mad. And he's like, Hey, are you mad? I'm like, yeah. And he said, uh, okay. Did I do something? 
And I'm like, yeah, why didn't you do the dishes? And he was like, well, did you want me to do the dishes? And I said, well, yeah. Now, do you see right there where I had this expectation? We didn't even realize this of each other. And so here we are. I'm basing my happiness upon this expectation, whether or not he's meeting it. And he didn't even know there was an expectation. He had no idea. So as soon as he found out being the great husband that he is, he got up and he did the dishes. But do you see how I became instantly mad at him for not meeting my expectation of doing the dishes? He didn't even know it existed. And this is what we do in relationships all the time. We have an expectation for how our roommates should treat us or how they should act. We have expectations of what our boyfriend or girlfriend should or should not do. We have expectations of how our parents should treat us. And these get us in trouble. The reality is we cannot control what other people do. Okay, I'm going to repeat that. We do not get to control what other people do. And the sooner that we learn that, the better off we will be in our relationships. So when our friends don't treat us the way that we like or that we think they should, I want you to first notice the expectations that you have in yourself and what you're expecting. And, you know, sometimes it's, well, my friend should text me right back when I text or my friend should bring me a birthday gift on my birthday. You see how our minds, we get these ideas in our head of what a friend means or what a boyfriend should look like. And then it becomes a real problem for us. So that's kind of the first part of this. So most of the time when I'm coaching someone and they talk about being frustrated or angry or irritated about another person, Oftentimes, I would say nine times out of 10, it's because the person didn't do something that they thought they should. And I put should in quotations here. Should is this nasty little word that gets so many relationships in so much trouble. We should do certain things. Well, why should we? Do we just think that they naturally should know all the things that we should do? Do you see where that can get us into a lot of trouble? And then, of course, we think, well, if we just stay mad or let them know that we are mad or that we think they're a jerk, then somehow that's going to make this all better. But the reality is it oftentimes doesn't. And they don't realize they're doing stuff that bugs us. And yet we're holding them to a standard that they're not even aware of. The reality is this, guys, people are going to be people and we can't change them. One of the biggest mistakes that I see is people going into relationships, and I would say specifically I see this as you're getting married, but having certain ideas of how things should look. His family should look like my family. Our marriage should look like my parents' marriage, right? And how they should be treating and whose responsibility is what in the home. And there becomes a lot of conflict over this fact that we believe people should do what we think they should do. And if they don't, then we want to change it. And we criticize them and we give them silent treatment when we act a lot like children and we pout when we don't get our way. And just so you know, I've done this. I've done this in my marriage. I'm guilty of this myself. So I can speak from experience here. So I'm going to give you a few examples of what this looks like illustrated in different situations in our lives, hopefully illustrating the power that we have um, and what, what, realizing what power we have and what power we don't. And of course, as I said before, we don't have any power or control over what people do, but we do have power and control over what we decide to do. So a funny story about when I was in college, I had a roommate that loved to cook fish. 
And I'm not just talking like a filet. We're talking like bringing home big, huge, whole fish. I I don't know where she got them. Did she get them at the market? Did she go fishing? I don't know. And I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fish lady. Okay. I like shrimp. I like a few seafoody things, but I am not a big person that loves fish caught out of the stream. And I apologize if you love it. I just, it's for me, it's just, there's something about it. I just don't like. So anyway, this roommate would come in with this fresh fish that in my opinion, stunk so bad. And she would, she would get this pan out and she'd put, put a ton of butter she was actually from the South. And, and so I, she just put a ton of butter and everything. And I've heard sometimes, I don't know, that comes from there anyway. And she put the butter in the pan and then she'd fry this fish on both sides, you know, on the stove, cook it all up, get the meat all cooked. And then she'd eat it and, and she'd like pick the bones out or whatever. And, and she'd just eat the flesh. Right. But as you can guess, the whole apartment smelled like fried fish and I hated it. I hated it so much. And in my mind, I thought this roommate should not do this. This is not okay, right? It's not okay to cook fish. And then the other problem I had is that she would eat this fish. She'd pull, you know, like I said, she'd pull the bones out, whatever. And then she'd leave the bones in the pan on the stove for days and not clean it, not clean it up. Oh my gosh, you guys, I was so irritated with her. I could barely look at her. I was mad at her all the time for the way that she did the dishes and how she cooked certain things and how she smelled my hair up and my clothes and everything. So anyway, I was so irritated all the time. And I guess that I thought that somehow by me being mad, that something was going to change. But you know what? It it doesn't. So what am I to do then? Well, I had a couple choices here, right? I could be mad the whole semester. That was an option, totally doable. I could talk to her and express my feelings. That was another option. I could completely ignore it, which was kind of hard for me to do and ignore the smell. But giving her the silent treatment and kind of being mad at her, it didn't fix a thing. It didn't make her change. It didn't make me happier. All it did, I was miserable and mad all the time. So, learning to be an adult as I was, I think I was 18. I just decided one day that she wasn't, she wasn't necessarily even cooking fish. Um, you know, well, when I sat down with her to talk to her on a day when she wasn't cooking the fish, that's what I mean. And kind of in this calm place, I just said, Hey, I said, Hey, you know, that fish that you cook, um, you know, it, the smell just really gets to me. And I'm so sorry. I just, I have this issue with, with fish and it kind of wants, it makes me want to barf when I come in the apartment and there's this dead fried fish sitting in a pan on the stove. It just, it just does something to me. And I, I, we kind of, I kind of laughed about it and I kind of blamed it on myself and how I'm kind of high maintenance. But anyway, I just asked her, I said, is there any way that like, when you cook the fish or something, could you open the window when you cook it or maybe just shut the door to my room? And, and then is there any way that you could just clean it up after so that we can kind of get that smell out of the apartment? And so my clothes don't always smell like that. And luckily this particular girl, she was super nice and she just apologized. She said, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. I'm so sorry. And that was a good scenario, right? We were able to solve that. But there's times when people might say, well, I'm going to cook fish if I want to cook fish and you deal with it. 
So again, do you see where you have a choice with that? You can be mad and irritated. You can ignore, or you can figure out a, de- you know, a way to deal so that, you know, you're not mad all the time. So here's one other funny roommate story, and maybe you guys will get a kick out of this, but one of my roommates in college, she just had a completely opposite schedule than me. She slept all day and she stayed up all night and we shared the same exact dorm room. So, you know, two beds in the same room. And I had class starting at eight in the morning. And of course she stayed up all night and she played her music and she kept the lights on. And I was so irritated again. I guess I was just really irritated at this age. I think I was learning how to deal with people. Right. And so I talked to her and I told her, you know, my frustration. And she said, well, this is half my room and I pay the rent and I can do what I want. So again, here's a situation where I tried to talk to her and it didn't get resolved. So again, can be mad at her the whole semester or not and not talk to her the rest of the semester, or I could figure out a way to find what control I did had. So I bought earplugs and I bought a mask that went over my eyes to keep the lights out. And she did turn down the radio. So it was a little bit lighter and she kept a lamp on. So she, she gave a little bit, but I just decided that's how it was going to be. And so I made adjustments with myself so I didn't have to fight with her all semester and I wasn't mad every day. But the t- the tide also turned and I just let her know, well, in the daytime, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to study in here and I'm going to change my clothes and I'm going to, you know, just study and do whatever I'm doing. And just so you know, I'm going to be in here and I paid half the rent and, you know, or I guess it was a fourth of the rent. I had two more other uh, roommates too. But anyway, I just was like, well... And so she had to deal with when I would come in too. And it wasn't like we were these amazing greatest friends, but we somehow were able to deal with each other's kind of funniness and craziness about those things. And we survived the semester. And I will say at the end of that semester, I did, um, I just didn't want to deal with that anymore. So I, I asked if I could have a transfer and I was able to change apartments. But again, do you see how I had the control over what I was going to do? I didn't have any control over her. And I did have thoughts like, you know, a roommate should be considerate and she shouldn't be up all night. She do, shouldn't do these things. But having those expectations, what good would that have done for me? It would have just made me miserable all semester. So you have to look at relationships and see what part you have to play and how you might be able to look at things differently so that you're not miserable all the time. So do you see how in these two situations that I told you about, we don't have to choose anger. We don't have to choose frustration. Uh, I had a client who the other day was telling me that one of her friends um, was is constantly canceling plans on her. Every time they make plans, she cancels on her. And she was just feeling so frustrated about this. And we decided over the course of this coaching session that there is nothing we can do to necessarily change this friend. Of course, you can go, you can yell at her, you can be mad at her. And of course, that's an option, right? But for whatever reason, this friend just seems to cancel a lot on her. And so in that moment, she's just really mad and frustrated all the time and feeling like she was powerless and she didn't have any ability to change the situation until I helped her turn this around. And we started to look at what she had control in this situation. And we kind of went down through her options. She could stop making plans with this friend. She could talk to this friend and remind her that if you're going to cancel on me, then I'm going to stop doing things with you. Um, and I, you know, we came up with another couple of options, but she just decided to assume that this friend was probably going to cancel. Like she said, she's done this for years. It's just kind of the way she is, but she decided she wanted to change the way she reacted to it. And so instead of being mad every time, 
Um, she didn't being surprised. Why is she surprised? She know this happens all the time. So she just decided that she could either accept this friend the way she is or choose something else. And, you know, I think the thought that she tried to come up with to help her feel more neutral about the situation is just, of course, this friend cancels on me often and it doesn't leave me with, with, uh, without choices. Like I still have choices. If she doesn't show up, then I'll go find other friends to do things with, but it's taking on the range yourself and, and seeing that you have certain power to control what you can and, and freedom and that we're not blaming this friend for our lack of happiness or blaming it for the reason you're mad all the time or whatever. So you see that, uh, she was looking at this friend as she should not do that. That's just what a friend should not do. And I asked her, well, why shouldn't she? This is what this friend chooses to do. So do you see how you can kind of neutralize the situation and say, well, this is how this person is. This is what she's going to do. And then this is how I'm going to respond when these things happen. And what, again, do you see how it puts us in the driver's seat? So I'm just going to tell you one more story is one more illustration of how we can do this. I've kind of shown roommates, um, you know, friendships. Um, and my last story has to do with parents. Sometimes we get a little frustrated with parents at this age. We kind of want our independence. Our parents are struggling to give that independence oftentimes. And parents don't always know how to let go. And I would know that being a parent. So <clears throat> I had this client whose mom would call her every single day and was asking her tons of questions every day, constantly hounding her, how's your grades, how's your schoolwork, your job, your friends, are you dating anyone? And she was so frustrated with her mom all the time. She felt like she had to answer the phone every day. She had to do exactly what her mom said. And this relationship was very, very quickly going down the toilet. And she told me, I really want to have a good relationship with my mom. I've got to figure out a better way to do this. Um, but right now I'm so irritated with her. I just can't even think straight. So we talked about, you know, why mom might call her every day and why mom might want to do that. And that maybe mom was having a hard time letting go of the fact that she was now an adult and leaving on her own. And we talked about that, but we decided again, what control or power she had in this situation and how she wanted to feel about her mom. So I gave her some options. I said, well, we've got, uh, number one, we could be grateful that your mom thinks about you and worries about you and how great that is. That's an option. <clears throat> we could be glad that mom stays in contact with her or we could choose to think something different. We could put boundaries up in this relationship. And she actually kind of liked this idea of feeling like not feeling like she had to always answer and how she didn't have to do anything she could choose to. So she decided that some days she wanted to choose to talk to her mom if she wasn't busy or in school or in class or different things like that. And, and, but kind of create some boundaries so that she had some freedom in this, in this relationship. She wasn't forced into certain things. She decided she wanted uh, to talk with her mom and to talk about how it made her feel when she called her every day, asking a bazillion questions. And then she decided how she wanted to think and feel about her mom. So first of all, we had to kind of get neutral. We had to stop uh, creating things that made her so angry. And then 
she came to a conclusion and, and a thought process that helped her to feel more neutral. And it was this, that, you know, my mom will check up on me sometimes and it's okay. She loves me. And that helped her to just feel more calm instead of my mom is trying to take over my life. No, she just loves me and she wants to check up on me and see how she's doing. And, you know, giving her some information sometimes makes her feel happy, even though we can't create mom's happiness, right? But sometimes by talking to her, mom mom gets some satisfaction in that. So what this did, though, is was it helped her to create a few boundaries, talk to her mom, but also kind of take the reins of her own life. She wasn't forced to do anything. She didn't have to do anything. And she was able to find a little more independence on her own. And, you know, I remember talking to her and she talked to her mom and she says, well, my mom was a little bit hurt because, you know, she chose to be a little bit hurt by it. Like my daughter should just should see that should word should want to just talk to me every day. Um, but over time she just kept saying, Hey mom, if I can, I'll try and answer, but sometimes I won't be able to. And it doesn't mean that I don't love you or want to talk to you over time. The mom kind of started to clue in. She's like, Oh, okay. I can see that she has a life and that she needs to, you know, go to work, go to, go do these things. And uh, eventually that relationship actually got much healthier and she was able to make peace with her mom and the fact that that's the way kind of her mom showed her love, but also that she had some boundaries and was able to kind of have some control over what she wanted to do. And it just, it just created a better relationship. So oftentimes with our parents, you know, we just have to look and be like, why, why are my parents acting this way? What's going on in their heads? Why are they doing this? But then also we get to decide how we want to look at it and whether or not we want to be bugged by them. So again, I just want to repeat through all these stories and examples that I've given you that the people in your life, your friends, your boyfriends, your coworkers, your girlfriends, your husbands, your wives, your roommates, whoever those relationships are that you're involved in your life, you have a choice. You don't have to choose to be frustrated and angry by them. You don't have to be offended by what they say. You can choose to blow off what they say. You can choose to ignore what they say. You can choose, you can choose to be sad and hurt. That's, that's an option. And that will happen occasionally. We, we just will be hurt by what people say. And we just have to know that usually it's because of something we're thinking that causes us to feel sad or feel hurt, but that's okay. That's, that's being human, right? But you know, people can say rude things and we can laugh it off. And the more confident we become in ourselves then when people say hurtful things, we can just kind of blow it off and be like, you know what? That's their opinion. It doesn't need to be mine. We can process through any emotions that we have. And then we're able to just think what we want to think. And what this does is allow us to take the reins of our own life to realize that we always have a choice in relationships. We always have the ability to choose whether we're going to be frustrated or not. In, in, and then life becomes empowering and you start to feel independent. You f- start to feel like you have power over your life. It's really a cool concept and it's helped me a, a lot to not worry so much about what people do or what they think or what they say, because I see within those experiences that I get the power to decide how I want to look at this situation, how I want to act. And the more I've worked on this, the more I really can act like an adult. I don't need to get into drama and worry and stress and all these different things. I can just chill. 
So that's all I have for you today. Of course, if you're struggling with a relationship in your life and you're just frustrated by it and you need some help, of course, go to directyourlifecoaching.com and I'd love to help you out in any way I can. Uh, But that's all I have for you today. So I hope we will see you soon and talk to you later. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you, someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence and a new way to look at your life, come, let me help you. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.